0: the award-winning Your Financial Editor Program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to
1: another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Hope things are going well for you and your family. And uh, good program for you. Interesting top stories. We've got some economic data, especially when it comes to housing. So we'll give you an update on uh, kind of the pulse of the housing sector. Uh, A lot of data came out from June, so we're going to be talking about... About that, uh, A little bit of info from two of the Federal Reserve uh, banks, uh, both the um, New York Empire State and the Philly Fed Survey uh, came out. So we'll touch on that. And then, you know, there's a lot of talk about recession. There has been for quite some time. We um, had one last year when we had first quarter and second quarter GDP numbers negative back to back. That is a definition of a recession. Um it's hilarious. The administration wouldn't acknowledge that. And even um, well-known economists and analysts uh, wouldn't acknowledge it either because of their politics. So um, I know it's hard. You know, you don't want to admit that there was a recession, but there was. So instead of uh, being like an ostrich and putting your head in the sand, you have to just acknowledge it and, um, and, and say, okay, we had a recession. It was mild. It was kind of a rolling recession, it seemed uh, to feel to me. Uh, and it's behind us, but now there's talk about another recession, and there has been for quite some time. And this one, I think, is not going to be ignored if, in fact, it it um, it, it materializes, but we want to talk about that and uh, in, in some of the data and really what happens if there is a recession. How uh, could it impact you? How could it impact your family? How could it impact your finances and your retirement? Uh, we're going to talk about all that. First, we'll start with the uh, top stories, as I mentioned. This is, uh, you know, y- you almost want to say it's a head-scratcher as to why it was announced uh, by the Department of Education this week. Or actually, it was the end of last week, probably, in all fairness. Um that this administration is going to begin notifying over 800,000 borrowers that have a total of $39 billion in federal student loans that they're going to be automatically discharged in the coming weeks. So why it's not a head-scratcher is because this is a shiny object, right? Um, This administration is in so much turmoil and is doing so much damage that they have to try to get you to cast your gaze away from the dumpster fire, or I should say fires, plural. So by doing this... That's exactly what happens, especially the young people, especially the folks that have their face planted on their screen because they're watching TikTok videos. Um, And again, to their credit, the administration and people on their side really know how to use slash abuse TikTok, which shouldn't even be in this country. But they do a very good job uh, to young people. And basically, look, $39 billion, that's buying a lot of votes. Plain and simple. So you hear the uh, Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, say that for far too long, borrowers fell through the cracks of a broken system that failed to keep accurate track of their progress towards forgiveness. What do you mean far too long? If you borrow money, pay the dang thing back. It's what grown-ups do, even young grown-ups. That's what you do. It's called responsibility. It's called having some, you know, some pride in yourself. Having some dignity. If you take out a loan, pay it back. Nobody owes you anything. And for dang sure, hardworking Americans that do have that dignity and pride, they don't, they're not going to pay your student loan. There is no forgiveness. There is no canceled debt somebody pays for that debt. And it's usually the hardworking middle class that's already getting crushed by inflation. And on top of that now, you're saying, here, here's another $39 billion of federal student loan debt that we're going to, quote, forgive, unquote. There is no forgiving. There is no canceling. When debts are defaulted on, somebody pays. So, again, this administration is saying, we're going to give you the forgiveness that you deserve. They said that. No, you don't. You don't deserve any forgiveness. Nobody owes you anything. So if you take out a loan, pay the dang thing back. And and what's even you know, worse about this whole story, this announcement, it's coming after just two weeks ago when the Supreme Court ruled that the Biden administration can't go forward with their student loan debt handout programs. So there's a shiny object. Um, Kick it to the curb. Don't pay attention to that because that's what they want you to do. And again, I don't care who you are, if you're a grown-up or if you're a doctor or brain surgeon or um, a rocket scientist or if you've got some dumb, useless degree that you can't get a job or can't get paid for I don't care who you are if you have a student loan pay it back don't expect other people to pay it back and and nothing's being forgiven nothing's being canceled it's somebody's gonna pay for it so I don't know how you could sleep at night with that but in any event um, you know pay your pay your bills and it's interesting. Because, you know, we're ta- I was just talking about the middle class and this administration, you know, they say they're for the middle class uh, and the poor, which is a blatant lie, because if that were the case, they wouldn't have spent so much money and created this inflation that's crushing um, the uh, middle class, but especially the poor, those on fixed income. The single moms, you know, working two, maybe three jobs to try to, you know, keep her head above water. Um, And a lot of that blue collar, gray collar is your Teamster guys, right? And that's what the administration said. You know, we've done more for the Teamsters and the unions than, than anybody in the world. Well, guess what the White House heard this week? It actually came from the president of the Teamsters union. And he said that he has asked the White House on several occasions to make sure that Biden does not interfere in ongoing negotiations with UPS, United Parcel Service. So the comments from the Teamster president, the guy's name is Sean O'Brien, came during an online meeting with union members where he warned workers to be prepared for a strike. But he doesn't want Biden involved in the uh, negotiations because he knows it'll turn into a you-know-what show, even worse than it is now. Look, a lot of the things people are talking about that could go wrong and really impact the economy, this is serious. I mean, you're talking about uh, UPS, which, uh, you know, and the Teamsters, but UPS has roughly... 340,000 employees. These talks have been going on for a while now, and they're not really getting a whole lot of traction, at least not as I sit right here today. Um, And they have said, the Teamsters have made it very clear, that if a new contract is not reached by July 31, then the workers are going to strike. Why am I saying this is so important? The company delivers 24.3 million packages each day. You want to talk about slowing the U.S. economy down? That would happen. I mean, again, 304,000 workers, over 24 million packages a day. If they can't come to an agreement, this could be a serious problem. And I just think it's hilarious (laughs) that they've told Lunchbox Joe... To stay in his room. We don't want you. Don't get involved. So, uh, but in all seriousness, um, this could be an issue. And we're going to continue to, you know, keep our eye on it, let you know what's going on. Um, You know, I was talking about the student loan debt. Well, here's another uh, top story I made a note on to, to talk about. The total amount of corporate debt defaults. In the United States, this year so far have already exceeded all of last year. So we're halfway through 2023, and you already have more corporations defaulting on their debt than all of last year. So you've got these higher or uh, higher uh, borrowing costs. The the rates have gone up again. That's uh, this administration's fault for spending too much money causing inflation, and for the Federal Reserve for pumping too much money also into the system and not addressing inflation when it was right in their face. Instead, supposedly the smartest people in the world, um, whether it was uh, Jerome Powell or Janet Yellen or fill in the blank, calling it transitory or just lying, saying there is no inflation. That makes you feel good, right? When you're watching the gas pump, the dollars, you know, crank up, or when you're in the checkout line at the grocery store and you're looking at the numbers and how much more expensive. And then somebody tells you, you don't see what you see. I mean, that just infuriates people for sure. Um, so you've got a 53% increase from the total number of defaults from last year. Um, that came from Moody's investor services, which by the way, um, Their top economist, uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but anyway, he also said transitory and that we weren't in a recession. And again, just lying to the camera every time I saw him being interviewed because he's a lapdog um, or maybe he wants to, you know, to be, um, you know, appointed to something in this administration. But, you know, you don't have to lie about it. Come on. Don't lie. Just tell the truth. That's what the people want to hear. They don't want to hear lies. So, um, you know, this is an issue because you, you, you see this spike in interest rates. You've got also a growing number of banks that are unwilling to issue new loans in the wake of um, the bank uh, issues that we saw uh, in the spring having to be bailed out. That, again, bailed out. Guess what? There is no bailout. That's your money. Oh, the FDIC paid for that. Don't worry about it. And bankers, the banks, I should say, pay into the FDIC. Well, guess what? They're going to have to pay a whole lot more into the FDIC. Who's going to pay for that? You are. Because the banks are going to give you less interest on your deposits and or charge you higher fees anywhere that they can. So there is no bailout. There is no government bailout. Government doesn't have any money. That's your money. So um, keep that in mind. Um, as we continue to watch these defaults uh, and and what it does to the banking sector uh, for the second half of this year. So um, we also saw uh, this came from the New York Federal Reserve Bank um, that more Americans had their credit applications rejected last month at a level we haven't seen in years. So fewer people across the country uh, were getting access to credit that they, they need. They, they want it in many instances, but also what's more important is those that need this line of credit or this extra credit to pay some bills because of the inflation that I've already talked about too much and you're probably sick of it. But it's true, so um, that's why I continue to bring it up. Um, it's something from the Federal Reserve Bank of New York called the Survey of Consumer Expectations, and it's taken every four months to assess credit access when it comes to uh, people here in the U S you know, trying to get it. So the overall rejection rate for credit applications rose to the highest level we've seen since 2018 at almost 22%. Um, and it didn't really matter what you were looking at. Um, the probability that a loan would be rejected sharply, as they put it, increased to record levels for auto loans, credit cards, credit limit increases, housing-related credit. I mean, these are again, these are things that people. This is a a, a type of credit of you know and of access that people need, and they just couldn't get. So it's it's uh it it's very disheartening um, to see that. Update on Bud Light. No big surprise, they continue to see lower demand and popularity uh, across the country, throughout America, period. In the second quarter of 2023, Bud Light fell to the fourth spot in the list of top beer brands sold across thousands of bars and restaurants. That was as of July the 19th, when a report came out from a company based in Texas, in Austin, Texas, actually, uh, called Union. Union. Union makes software for logging orders in the hospitality industry. So they can track all this information, and they see that in the second quarter of last year, guess what? Bud Light was ranked at the top spot, number one. Not anymore. It's already dropped to fourth. Sales are down. Prices are down. Their marketing continues to stink. Gosh, I could could find... Little kids, it could come up with better marketing than what these um, Madison Avenue firms put out. Because, like I've said for decades, Madison Avenue in New York City is Hollywood on the East Coast. That's all it is. So you see all the filth and the junk and the uh, perversion that comes out of Hollywood. Well, it's followed up by all the commercials and marketing that Madison Avenue puts out. So, um, I don't know, they just continue to run into a brick wall. And it's, again, this is all self-imposed. It's just stupid decisions when it comes to marketing. And, of course, the the major um, decision was deciding to team up with a cross-dresser, with a guy who likes to... You know, wear women's clothing and makeup and, I guess, do his nails. I mean, who thought of that? Obviously, somebody who never sat around a picnic or a bonfire or at a sports event or your local watering hole and saw who their customer was. Because you would have never done this. This is just dumb. And yet these people make a gazillion dollars. Hopefully that's coming to an end and we're going to see that slow down. But, um, I mean, this is so bad that they actually have the Beer Institute's Code Compliance Review Board, right? So this board looks at all the marketing and wants to make sure that these alcohol companies aren't violating... Um, or beer companies, aren't violating any of their uh, marketing code or morals. So the board said, look, okay, we don't think that you violated it with this guy that dresses like a girl. However, one of the board members dissented from that opinion and insisted that Bud Light had violated the marketing code, saying this was, you know, this guy... Has a persona wherein the actor looks and acts like a little girl. This gentleman said, "Mr. Summers, and in his opinion, um, this Dylan Mulvaney guy appeals to little children and often behaves like one. He couldn't have put it any better. And I hadn't thought about that. I just thought about how stupid the ad was, and you know how dumb it is that this guy is running around in a dress." But what an excellent point by uh, Mr. Summers, who actually used to be a judge, I believe, um, to say, hey, this is uh, appealing to our youth, to the children that we have to protect and take care of and love and help in every way we can, because they are the future and they deserve that from us, not to see you know, the nonsense that they're seeing now. So anyway, they continue. This isn't something that's just blowing over, like a lot of people thought it might. People are done. They've already switched. Um, I think Miller Lite was the top uh, beneficiary from um, all the problems at uh, Bud Light. So, um, I mean, you know, you've got just regular Joe who's saying, look, I'm not going to drink Bud Light. You guys are idiots. And then you've got, People like Kid Rock, who is, you know, blowing up cases of beer and videos. So this isn't going anywhere. Just like the same with Target, just like the same with Disney and um, these other companies that decide to do uh, Ben & Jerry's, you know, all of them. And, And this isn't new. This has been a slow brew. It's been happening for years and years. And I am really happy to say that, you know, we've tried to talk about it whenever we can. Uh, on this program over the years. We've definitely talked about it. So that's a good thing. Um, And it's, you know, again, because of all of you, the folks that listen, and, um, you know, that way, just in case you didn't hear something throughout the week, if I can bring it to you, and then you can make an educated, conscious decision on something going forward, then everybody wins. Back to a recession for just a second. So... A lot of people are saying a recession's coming, coming, coming. Um, Well, Goldman Sachs actually trimmed their recession odds. So they went from a reading of um, 25 earlier to 20% now that we're going to have a recession. Um, Really, they're looking at by the end of the year for that recession to start. But anyway, they weren't... um, You know, they weren't as worried about it, like a lot of a lot of other firms are becoming more concerned. And here you have Goldman Sachs, one of the biggest bankers and investment firms on Wall Street and in the world, kind of dialing it back. But we're going to talk about that. What happens when a recession hits? How does it impact you? Uh, When we come back, though, we've got some housing data for you. Stay tuned. I like got them apple bottom jeans, green boots with the fur. The whole club is looking at her. She hit the floor. Next thing you know, she got low, load, load,
0: load, 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 Them baggies.
1: Celebrate Frederick presents the 2023 Summer Concert Series. Enjoy the music of In Too Deep, a four-piece pop rock and emo cover band from Baltimore that has brought high-energy party vibes to stages across the Delmarva region since 2016. All shows are free. In lieu of admission, bring a canned food donation to benefit the Frederick Food Bank. And don't forget cash for the weekly 50-50 raffle sponsored by Ryan Holmes. For more information, visit CelebrateFrederick.com. Hi, we're comparing insurance agency. Right now, you're thinking, Comparian, never heard of them. We know. We also know that you have no idea that comparing insurance agents are local and provide expert advice. So to help it stick, we're going to say local agent four times in the next 15 seconds. Ready? Go. Our local agents know you and your community. Our local agents offer insurance from top carriers. Our local agents have minty fresh breath.
0: Find us at ComparianInsurance.com. Comparian Insurance Agency. Local agents. Expert advice. And there's number four. Free talk in the free state. Yeah, well, that's a matter of opinion. Free talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back.
1: This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. And um, I was talking about uh, the economic data, and I mentioned uh, especially housing data. We got a lot of that this week. Um, It started with home builder sentiment, their confidence, if you will. And that was good. Confidence among builders in the U.S. housing market increased for the seventh straight month. In June, according to the National Association of Home Builders, their housing market index, which really measures the pulse of the single family housing market, rose one point to a reading of 56. Um, and sentiment has been steadily rising. Uh, even though you've got you know some serious uh, issues and headwinds, but um, that was was good to see as far as the sentiment went. And then um, we saw housing starts, new U.S. home construction. They really tumbled, and those starts tumbled in the month of June, um, down eight percent from the previous month, according to uh, some data I saw from the Commerce Department. So. Um, that's worrisome. You've got starts down. And even on top of that, you saw that um, building permits were down 3.7 percent um, and that from the previous month. And compared with the same time last year, building permits are down about 15.3 percent. So a uh, little rocky in that report for sure when you looked at the data. Um, and then we got... Existing home sales. So that's the biggest part. So new home sales are around 11% of uh, the market. The bulk of it is existing homes when they're put on the market, uh, that, you know, obviously um, not new, but existing. And uh, those sales continue to slide in June. And the big problem is the supply shortage, it, it really limits the options for would be home buyers. And that's why we saw sales of previously owned homes tumble 3.3% in June from the previous month. That was according to the National Association of Realtors. On an annual basis, existing home sales in June were down just shy of 19%. So, you know, these are not good numbers. And when you listen to the National Association of Realtors, they summed it up nicely. There simply are not enough homes for sale. You don't have the inventory. Uh, Homes sold on average in just 18 days last month. So, um, I mean, I know I've heard of stories before, you know, one or two days and they're gone. Um, If they even hit the market. A lot of people are doing private deals. So, the issue is inventory. One of the issues is inventory at the current pace of sales, it would only take three months to exhaust the inventory of existing home sales. Now, when you talk to people that are well-versed and experts in this field, a pace of six to seven months is a healthy level. So you can see that if you only have three months, it's actually 3.1 months to exhaust the inventory. Um, If that's what you have at this current sales pace, and what you need to be to have a healthy market is seven uh, or six to seven months. You can see there's a big issue there. On top of that, you've got uh, these mortgage rates, right? Um, they're higher, and it's impacting people's access, what they can afford. You've got inflation. I'll bring it up again. People are spending more for just about everything, so that impacts how much you can spend on that mortgage. And um, you've got the median home price. They continue to go up. I think the median home price of an existing home sold in June was about $410,000, a little over that. That's the second highest price ever recorded since the National Association of Realtors started tracking that data back in 1999. So you've got houses are expensive. You've got inventory is really light. And then you've got uh, inflation, everything costing you more, and then you've got higher interest rates. Not a good combination, to say the least. So, um, you know, that that data wasn't, after the home builder confidence number was good, after that it wasn't so good. So, um, we're going to. You know, continue to watch it and see if it hopefully improves. Quick break, we come back. Uh, actually, I want to let you know about some retail sales and something else that has to do with recession before we get to it. It's Friday after five. I got here just in time. Went ahead and with a line for I went and lost my mind. And I ain't been here long, but the barbers in the park.
0: 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now,
2: WFMD News. There will be some brief road closures of Route 15 north of Frederick early Sunday morning. The State Highway Administration says expect 15-minute closures on U.S. 15 near Devilbiss Bridge Road between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. for electrical line work. The Burgess of Woodsboro is running for Congress. Heath Barnes has announced that he's running for the 6th District Congressional seat as a Republican. He was elected to serve a five-year term as Burgess in 2021. Barnes joins five other Republicans who are running for the seat. So far, seven Democrats have entered the race. This follows incumbent Representative David Trone's decision to run for the U.S. Senate in 2024. The deadline for other candidates to file for 2024 is February 9th. Primary election day is May 14th, and the general election is November 5th. Around 20 young entrepreneurs will be giving back to the Frederick community with a free event at the end of the month. On Sunday, July 30th from 1 p.m. until 9 p.m., Give Back Day will take place at Hill Street Park. The event is designed to give back to the community. Families in need can pick up clothes, school supplies, and sports equipment from the entrepreneurs at the event at no cost. All entrepreneurs are between the ages of 13 and 21 years. The day will also feature food, live music, a basketball tournament, and guest speakers. And a local business owner has been appointed to serve on the Frederick Community College Board of Trustees. Tracy McPherson was named to the board by Governor Wes Moore. She will serve through June of 2028. For more details on these and other stories you hear on WFMD, you can go to our website, WFMD.com. I'm Kevin McManus, WFMD News.
0: Fox News, I'm Samantha Leap, and after tech company leaders themselves, like Elon Musk, raised concerns about the ethical implications of artificial intelligence, they met with President Biden at the White House Friday. Seven companies, which include Meta, Google, and Amazon, all voluntarily agreed to set artificial intelligence guidelines negotiated by the Biden administration to address economic and national security concerns, this as well as so-called threats to democracy. That's Fox's Ashley Strohmeyer. President Biden with an historic decision choosing Admiral Lisa Franchetti to lead the Navy. If she's confirmed, Franchetti would be the first woman to serve as a Pentagon service chief and the first female member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff during her tenure. Franchetti has commanded two aircraft carriers, strike groups in the Pacific, and served as commander of the U.S. Naval Forces in Korea. America is listening to Fox News.
2: Tonight 30 WFMD, SkyScan, Forecaster, Frederick, and the surrounding counties for this afternoon. Nice Saturday afternoon, sunny, high about 87, mostly clear for tonight, low 65. Tomorrow, sunny, high 90, with a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. On Sunday night, partly cloudy, low 67. Monday, a slight chance of showers and a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., mostly sunny, high 90. Chance of showers and thunderstorms Monday night, partly cloudy, low 68. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered this at PJsRoofing.com. I'm Jim Tice.
0: 930 WFMD with a Fox Sports update from the Fox Sports studios in Los Angeles. Here's Isaac Lohenkron. Team USA won its Women's World Cup opener on Saturday, defeating Vietnam 3-0 behind a pair of goals from Sophia Smith. Team captain Lindsey Horan scored the other. Next up, Team USA will face the Netherlands on Wednesday. Lionel Messi made his Major League Soccer debut on Friday night for Inter-Miami and scored a dramatic free-kick goal in second-half stoppage time, giving Inter-Miami a 2-1 league Cup victory over Cruz Azul of Mexico. Golf at round three at the open. American Brian Harmon has a four-shot lead at 10 under par overall. Today, he is even through 11 holes. John Rahm and Jason Day are tied for second place at 6 under par overall. Rahm fired an 8 under 63 in round three. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD.
1: Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. So I talked about that housing data. Like I said, it could have been a whole lot better. Um, But, um, you know, also we saw retail sales. They came out this week, and unfortunately, um, they weren't in line with expectations for the month of June. So when you look at retail sales, it's a measure of how much consumers spent on a number of everyday goods, you know, cars, food, gasoline, um, you name it. And those prices, um, or excuse me, that uh, the, the sales number was up just two-tenths of 1% in June, according to the Commerce Department. Analysts and economists that were uh, surveyed were looking for half of a percent increase. That's what was projected. So that's a big miss of just two tenths versus a half. So um, the numbers were weaker than expected. They show growing consumer caution out there. Uh, consumers spent more on items like cars and furniture and electronics and appliances. Um, also, they were busy online shopping. But um, as we've said, with, uh, with the higher prices, obviously, it's not a big um, shocker to see that retail sales uh, were down. Um, not a shocker, but also not something that you want to see either. And then the other thing—it's um, called leading economic indicators. Not talked about a whole lot, but very important. And this index um, is designed to track um, the different, you know, turns, the zigs and zags in U.S. business cycles. And that index fell for the 15th straight month in June. And it's just because consumer outlook is not good. Um, Also, you had increased unemployment jobless claims. So you haven't seen this type of streak, that 15-month streak, since uh, of decreases, I should say, since the lead-up to the... uh, 2007 to 2009 recession. So the conference board puts this info out, this leading economic uh, index, and really what it's trying to to gauge is what's going to happen the next six to nine months. And that gauge declined seven-tenths of 1% in June, and it was greater than what economists were looking for, at least the poll that I saw from Reuters. And um, when you listen to the folks that run this index at the conference board, they're just basically saying that, taken together, June's data suggests economic activity will continue to decelerate in the months ahead. And they're thinking, they being the conference board, uh, thinking, reiterating their forecast that the U.S. economy is likely to be in recession from the current third quarter that we're in, to the first quarter of 2024, that's what they're saying. So basically, they're saying we're already the recession's already started. They're worried about elevated prices, so are we, right? Uh, they're worried about tighter monetary policy, so are we. Um, harder to get credit. I talked about that uh, near the top of the show, and um, all of that stuff along with other things is just putting a a. a wet blanket on, uh, economic growth potential. And, uh, the conference board is, uh, is worried about that. And they're saying again, that we very well could have already started the recession in this third quarter we're in, and it could last to the first quarter of 2024. So what does that mean? The recession, how does it impact people? What's the effect? um, those are all excellent questions, and actually, we're going to answer those questions when we come back. So, a uh, quick break, and then we're going to jump into what happens when there's a recession, and what's the impact on you in particular. Your worst day feel like it's your birthday
0: got there's a classic leather briefcase at the salvation army thrift store in frederick and got a story to tell. This is the briefcase a young attorney got as a graduation gift from his grandfather when he
1: graduated law school and joined the family practice. That same briefcase was there when he won his
0: first case. It sat under the bench next to him for many years when he retired as a Superior Court judge. He eventually put away his gavel and law books with fond memories, but he knew in his heart that briefcase had more work to do. He took great care of his grandfather's gift until the day he donated that fine leather briefcase to the Salvation Army thrift store on East Street in Frederick. Now that briefcase is anxious to start a new career with you. Whether you're buying or donating at the Salvation Army Thrift Store on East Street in Frederick, you are helping those in need. Call for pickup or store hours. 301-631-2489. 301-631-2489.
1: That huge data breach from a few weeks ago has probably moved off your radar, but your information could still be on the dark web. LifeLock alerts you to suspicious activity, like someone using your info. If there's a problem, LifeLock's U.S.-based identity restoration
0: specialists will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but LifeLock will help protect your identity long after this breach is forgotten. Save up to 25% your first year. Use promo code NEWS at LifeLock.com. Listen wherever you are at any time on the WFMD mobile app, a service of Frederick Air. Download it for free at the Google Play or Apple Store from 930 WFMD.
1: This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. And uh, right before the break, and actually throughout the uh, show today, been talking about um, inflation. Uh, we've been talking about, um, you know, debt forgiveness, which doesn't exist. Somebody pays um, and a lot of different things. But there's also been a lot of talk about recession and uh, what does that actually mean and, and how does it uh, impact people? Well, um, first, again, the, the definition of a recession is two quarters back to back of negative GDP or gross domestic product growth. It's negative, it turns negative. So when you look at GDP, um, that's our biggest gauge of just in general, how well or how poorly things are going in the US and, and, and with the economy, right? So uh, we had that last year in the first quarter and second quarter, um, came through it fairly easy. But, again, we're, I just talked about leading economic indicators and the conference board saying, look, we've got a serious problem. We've got 15 straight months of declines in those leading economic indicators. And that's just another thing that um, potentially could be pointing to a recession. So um, recessions hurt. Uh, they're serious. No matter, you know, it impacts some people a lot more than others. So it can't be shrugged off. You know, look, if, if, you're, if you've got a super stable job and you've got a real nice um, um, emergency fund and if your life is just rolling along, well, thank goodness. That's, I, I think that's great. But for a lot of people, that's not the situation. So when a recession happens, um, it's, it can be devastating. And I wrote about this in my book because uh, just a few years ago, you had elected officials, this is before the virus and everything, um, coming out and saying that they were almost hoping for a recession because that's the only way they thought they could win the election. Because things were going along so well, economic growth. The jobs market, uh, the financial markets, trade negotiations and new trade policies. And this was all organic. This, this was all natural from the ability that we have as a country from capitalism, hard work, um, having our priorities straight. It, it was just it was humming. And you actually had people saying that they wanted a recession to upend all of that so that they could win an election and get their power back. Now, that's probably the most one of the most selfish things that you could ever say in your life. Because if you look at a recession, what happens is people lose their jobs. Well, what happens when somebody loses their job? Well, maybe they don't have enough money to make their car payment. Maybe their car gets repossessed. Maybe they don't have enough money to pay their mortgage. Maybe they lose their house. Maybe the financial stress is so great that it it causes um, problems between the husband and the wife, and families are destroyed. I mean, these are really, really serious things that happen to individuals and families when a recession hits. And you want to ask for one? Have you ever heard of anything more selfish in your life of wishing that on your brothers and sisters? You, you can't get more selfish than that. Well, I, I mean, I guess you could, but it'd be hard in my mind. And they actually asked for that. And then they got what they wanted with the virus and with changing the rules and with the, the lies about science um, and public health and all the other garbage. So they unfortunately got what they wanted. We saw the devastation, you know. Uh, you saw the the increase in in death because of overdoses, because of um, alcoholism, because of uh, mental health issues where people, you know, were, again, were told to stay home. Uh, just crazy stuff. So we never ever won a recession. They happen though. They happen. It's part of the business cycle. So what we want is the most shallow type of recession possible, if we are going to have one, where the least amount of damage is done. But if one's coming, then, in, in, again, a couple things I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you today is you're not going to have any more control, in my opinion, over what's happening with the recession than knowing what your expenses are. Because if you're tight on your budget, basically, is what I'm saying, and you feel good about it, and that you're in control of your budget versus you're flying by the seat of your pants, when the you-know-what hits the fan, you're going to be able to react or maybe even be proactive and say, okay, this is what we need to do. These are the pieces we need to move to make sure that this uh, turbulent time, this recession, recession uh, period, is going to affect us at the least amount possible. That's, in my opinion, what you want to do, and it starts with your expenses, with your budget, because if you know what that is, like I said, you can make informed, smart, and calm decisions, as opposed to the anxiety. And the stress that comes along with, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You know, and, and 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 that's not good for anybody. So, number one, know your expenses. That's just my suggestion to you. It's not hard. You can go on uh, the internet and find free uh, budget pages that you can print off, and then you can fill them out. And that way you know you're not forgetting anything when it comes to your budget. You're not forgetting your cell phone, your property taxes. You're not forgetting your, um, you know, your. if you've got cable, you're not forgetting how much you're spending in in veterinarian bills or prescriptions or anything. It's all on paper. So, again, if things go south uh, or sideways, then you know, here's my life on paper. I control this. What move do I need to make uh, so that we're least impacted? Sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, you're in control versus the, oh my gosh, I feel like a safe's getting ready to be dropped on my head. So budget, expenses, know them. And also your assets. you know that you put that down too. It's easy to to list your assets. So if somebody, God forbid lost a job, or, you know, something happened, um, what asset would you tap first? And is it going to be enough to make up for the deficiency? When you're looking at it on paper, I'm getting back to this again. Guess what? You're in control. As much as you possibly can be, you're in control during a recession. So if you really have a, a decent grip, and I'm not saying you have to be a, you know... a a rock star or knowing every penny that, uh, that goes out of your house on a weekly basis or whatever. But the more, you know, the better you're going to feel that much. I can assure you. And by the way, if you can't find a budget sheet, just call my office or send me an email and I'll email you one for free. No problem. I mean, that's important. That's part of the planning we do for the folks that we work for. Um, it's one of the top things that we do. So I've got sheets on that. If you need help with that, just feel free to, like I said, uh, shoot me an email or, um, or or give a call to the office and, and ask for one and we'll get one to you. Um, the other thing you want to know during a recession because is your risk tolerance. And the reason I bring that up is because often the markets have a very hard time, the financial markets have a very hard time, Uh, during a recession as well. So, you know, you could be dealing with one of those things I mentioned about, I mean, heaven forbid, but, you know, a job loss or whatever it may be, um, and you're worried about making payments. Um, You also want to make sure that when you open up, if your statement your investment statement or if you go online and look at it that you don't fall off your chair because the market's down and you know you're kind of getting it from all different directions if you understand your risk tolerance and you feel comfortable being invested in what you're invested in again it's not going to be i'm not going i'm not saying it's going to be easy to look at a, a negative number you know a, a loss but you'll you'll have a better understanding of okay yeah i'm down but I'm, I'm where I need to be long term. And these might be a couple tweaks that I need to make right now. Versus, like I said, along with everything else, you open up the statement or you go online and you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, this too. What am I going to do? And then you make a bad decision because you react in an emotional way, which is very normal. Why? So what's a more... Powerful emotion. Is it greed or is it fear? Well, it's fear. So, yeah, people get emotional and they're all happy and high five and when the market's going up and when things are perfect in life and they're skipping around singing a song. Um, but what trumps that feeling of greed is uh, fear. Much stronger. So people make very poor decisions uh, when it comes to um, making a move with their finances, because they're scared. Whereas, if you know what your risk tolerance is, you know what you're trying to accomplish. You know you're in the right uh, investments. You're not gonna you're not gonna feel near as bad. Again, I've been doing this for 33 years, so I can tell you that's just the way it is, and it's a great thing. It really is. So those are just a couple things that you know. Maybe you talk about with your husband or wife. Um, or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is, your fiance, and say, you know, hey, if we do have a real rough time or even a not so rough time with the recession, what, what can we do to make ourselves feel more empowered and uh, to be better prepared? Know your expenses. I'll keep it real simple for you. Know your assets and know your risk tolerance. Just those three things. I mean, you can go deeper down the rabbit hole if you want. More power to you. But if you know those three things, you're going to be in good shape uh, when uh, things do go poorly. So uh, that's my suggestion. And I hope that helps. We're going to continue to keep an eye on the whole recession story and all the other stuff like we do um, every week here on the Your Financial Editor program. And then, of course, uh, the live daily calls uh, with Bob Miller on the Morning News Express, uh, 550, 650, to kind of keep you in the know on a daily basis as well. So I hope you have a great rest of the weekend. And uh, we'll be back here uh, next weekend to talk to you some more. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success.